everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney Classics Podcast. And this is a show where we talk about the films from the Disney animated canon from Walt Disney Animated Studios. And we let the random number generator tell us which one we're going to talk about. And this month we are talking about The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> Very exciting. Booyah! And, yes. <laughs> this is the 40th animated film from walt disney animated pictures and i feel good to reach wagner and stanford's here hey how's it going and today we have special guest jennifer chandler is here big fan of this movie and thank you so much jennifer for coming on thank you so much for having me i'm excited i love this movie so yeah i'm honored (laughs) i think you're the, the, the i think this is the first time or maybe second time you've come on on Rachel's reviews. So why don't you introduce yourself for those who might not know you? Uh, my name is Jennifer Chandler. I'm married to Sean Chandler of Sean Chandler Talks About, and that's how I got to meet Rachel. And uh, just through random conversations, we realized how many <laughs> movies and things that we both shared, fandom, love. Um, and so that's how I got here. <laughs> yeah. And you've been on Hallmarkies podcast several yes. times. Yes, so I have. we've had a lot of fun, especially we did our uh all the rest preview last christmas and that was really fun Mm -hmm. with ryan with my friend ryan and we got to preview uh letters to satan claus so that's a really fun episode if you want to check that out um, but yeah and i was check ju- that out yes it was really fun um i but uh, but I was just on Sean Chandler. Uh, did I say Chandler? Yes. I was Sean, just Sean on channel. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> I was just on Sean's channel, uh, talking Hundred One Dalmatians. So that was mm-hmm. way fun, and uh, we ranked all five. Yes, there's five Hundred One Dalmatians <laughs> movies, and so check that out as well. I'll have a link for that in the description. And uh, yeah, let's talk Emperor's New Groove. This came out in 2000. And Stanford, do you remember when you first saw uh, this movie? I do. You know, I saw it on opening weekend and I don't, you know, sometimes I remember the theater, particularly if it's the villa, Rachel, you know, yeah. the, Jefferson's, there's, there's this classic movie palace that used to be in Salt Lake City called the Villa Theater. They used to play most Disney movies. And uh, Rachel and I have lots of fond memories. That, although, who knows if we were ever there at the same time. But, you know, so, <laughs> still. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember seeing it there. But I remember seeing it and just just laughing, laughing, laughing. Thinking it was just so funny. Yeah. I have yeah. kind of a funny circumstance of seeing this movie. So, uh, this came out in 2000 when I was in college. And I thought it sounded so stupid. I was like, he turns into a llama? That sounds so dumb. And <laughs> so uh. I was just not about it. I wasn't going to see it. But uh, I was taking a class from Professor David Bone at BYU. And uh, he had us do a lot of in-community projects. It was a philosophy class. And he had us work with all different kinds of uh, like real life kind of situations. And one of the things, and the one that I became the most involved in was working with the lost boys of Sudan. And I, I actually ended up TAing for him. And so I worked with them for a whole, for, for two whole years, 
instead of just the one year that I, or the one semester that I was taking the class. And the Lost Boys of Sudan were a group of refugees that were brought over and from uh, from Sudan, and they were only given like a, a finite amount of resources when they came were came, uh, brought over, and so we as a class tried to help them uh, to get started and you know get education and whatever. And they were so great; <laughs> they were just so positive and wonderful. And they they were doing a a. Th- I forget what it was called. It was something like a fall party thing. And the randomly they had at the movies to go along. They had a little cinema at BYU and they had this movie playing. And so I watched this movie with <laughs> the Lost Boys of Sudan. Wow, there yeah. on the BYU campus. At the BYU campus. <laughs> was it in the Varsity Theater? Yes, yes, that's what it's called. Yeah, the Varsity okay. Theater. I watched <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove at the Varsity Theater with the Lost Boys of Sudan. Oh my goodness. Wow. And they were laughing and I was cracking up. And I was just, this movie was actually really good and really funny. And I was so shocked uh, that it was good because I thought it looked so stupid. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, that was uh, my weird experience <laughs> watching this movie. But uh, yeah, I, I remember we we made them pumpkin pie because uh, they were going to try their first uh, Thanksgiving uh, in the states, and they thought it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was very very fun i have very fond memories of that but jennifer what about you do you remember your first time seeing it i do and you know it's funny because i don't think i remember ever seeing any press for it i don't remember it it being promoted because if i'd seen the preview i'd be like same as you rachel like what he turns into a llama that's ridiculous but some friends and a Friends and I were on our way to Six Flags, which is like a theme park in Texas, and we got in this humongous van. Our friend's mom was driving, and we were all like in the back. And I don't know how much of like the details that I remember are accurate, mm-hmm. but I remember a lot of green, like green carpet and, and wood paneling, <laughs> and like this huge van with with VCR. And so we watched it on the way to Dallas um, to go to this theme park and we were dying laughing it was the funniest movie i could remember seeing i don't want to say ever but it was such a, a breath of fresh air such a pleasant surprise because i didn't really know what to expect and it's obviously tied in with a bunch of fond memories of us on this trip and then we we got to the the hotel the night before and we were like quoting the movie back and forth and to this day uh some of my friends and i will still quote this to each other from that trip <laughs> And um, it, it's just super fun memories. It was oh, hilarious. So and the big green van watching Emperor's New Groove. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> I really, now I have to ask if their carpet was green. Because every, I just remember so much green. <laughs> and I don't know if it's real or not. This would be a good car movie, I feel like. It was so oh, fun. It was absolutely. so fun. With it friends, was yeah. stupid fun. I don't even, I don't remember why we were going, but we had a blast and this movie was the beginning of the trip and it just kicked it off on the right foot. We had so much fun. Which is it's really interesting because it 
did not start out as a funny movie. It started out as something along the lines of Lion King. You had Roger Allers, director of Lion King, uh, originally as the director. And it was Kingdom of the Sun. (laughs) I don't know. How do you feel about that, Stanford? Do you think we missed out on not getting Kingdom of the Sun? Well. I have mixed feelings that I know we'll, we'll, we'll be exploring this a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I, I mean, I totally love the movie that we got, you know, I don't, I wouldn't take that back at all, but the kingdom of the sun sounded really cool. Uh, or I guess maybe, maybe what was most cool to me is that they brought in sting to write the music. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's the thing. I think if anything, I, I like want to see, like the sting version you know what i mean like ooh, the movie that has the most or the version of the cut or the draft or whatever that has has all the scenes the sting songs that he wrote yeah you know for it some of the sting music thankfully you know made it into the into the you know the emperor's new groove that, that we know and that we love just but, the uh, one song but you yeah. you, you yeah. can i think get the soundtrack yeah, so the soundtrack has has a couple of others, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, not all the ones that at least that I've heard about. And uh, so, anyway, I, I I can't say that I I I'm sad that it wasn't like we didn't get another kind of Lion King because don't get me wrong, I love the Lion King, but I think that they went in a comedic direction is was 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 really great. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's I just it's that music that I really wish. Yeah, firstly, you know, that's the thing for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish. Well, and it's. It's so weird because they had to convince Sting to participate in the project to begin with. And the only reason he agreed was that his wife was going to be making a documentary (laughs) about the making of the movie. Have you all seen, have you seen the documentary? I watched it today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to talk me into this because I haven't seen it because I just know that they, I mean, they just hear it as the movie that Disney doesn't want you to see. And maybe that should have been the thing that just pushed me over the edge to watch it anyway. You know? <laughs> but all these years, I haven't watched it. You're such uh, a good soldier, Stanford. Well, I'm just, you know, a crazed, a crazed devoted fan. But maybe I need to, you know. What did you think of it? I mean, I, was it? I saw it uh, last time I reviewed the canon. So it's been a while. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little bit boring. I'm not going to lie. But it is interesting, too. And... <laughs> just to see what happened and <laughs> you got to feel sorry for him that he worked so hard on all these songs yeah i just it's just seemed to me that sting really got shafted with, yeah. the, with this project i think so i i had no idea like i knew and loved the movie that was about the extent of my knowledge and then mm-hmm. rachel you'd asked on twitter you know what does everybody think about it and there were a couple comments where people were saying stuff like you can tell that it was stop and start and that they had to change everything really drastically and there was just enough that i was like what are they talking about like what what do you mean the stop and start what what changed so drastically so i just fell into a huge rabbit hole the last 24 <laughs> hours like diving deep into the sting conspiracy and his wife's documentary and disney like just crushing it <laughs> and i will say that the whole concept of it all was way more interesting unfortunately than the documentary yeah that's the documentary isn't as spicy as the story itself there's a lot of things that i would want to know that they there aren't in there and i don't know if it's you know 
where she was going with the documentary itself or if Disney was, you know, choking her to death, making sure it didn't get yeah. any. Um, but it was not as interesting. It was interesting to see the parts that they did show. And I, I definitely got the same feeling that Sting just kind of got shafted that he wanted to basically have his own version of the Lion King and it just changed and then it changed and then it changed. And I mean, every time they had like a powwow at his house, I just hurt for him. It was like, Oh no, which, which song is getting trashed now? Oh yeah. Yeah. In fairness, it's not uncommon that animated films do have pretty major overhauls. I mean, you look at the original toy story, you know, that was basically completely redone after initial storyboards uh were rejected because woody was too mean uh you know they really mean (laughs) (laughs) they they completely changed frozen of course we know that once they had let it go they changed zootopia a lot that was changed um i mean there's just a ton of animated films i mean most animated films have some pretty major overhauls as things uh go through the uh the process because it takes a long time to make an animated film it takes you know and i long think that's time. what was interesting about this one because they acknowledge that they acknowledge that this mm-hmm. is part of the process and it changes a lot and whatever but this one was unusually yeah, yeah. and there was so uh, much change and then at some point they like split the team and then pitted them against each other and it was this whole to do and then and, roger allers left the project entirely yes. right and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I read uh, the things I read were way more interesting, unfortunately. Like I said, than the documentary itself. <laughs> than the actual documentary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it'd be like worth it to watch it and just get it off your to do list, or if it's better to just imagine the documentary in your head and, <laughs> and enjoy right. it. Because I was a little disappointed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty dry. <laughs> it is pretty dry. I feel frankly kind of bad for Mark Dindle though because. He, I think, did a great job with Cats Don't Dance. That is very underrated animated film with great songs. And he directed that. And then this, which is all, you know, messy as far as directing and everything, uh, but pulled out a great movie. And then he hasn't done anything else since Chicken Little. And I just feel like he should not be blamed for that. That was their first CG animated film. And the kids love that movie. <laughs> do they, do they watch they do. We have to watch it way more times than anyone should. Oh no, <laughs> we, we still haven't reviewed it for uh the, for this podcast. The and random I, number generator has <laughs> been merciful. Like we're down to the final six movies, and we still haven't. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just I feel kind of bad for the guy because I just feel like he's had three messy as far as the production kind of movies but two that turned out really good and one that nobody will forgive him for which doesn't seem fair to me yeah you know but yeah it's it's an interesting story but let's dive in so we start out getting introduced to to cusco and uh, we get the perfect world song uh, as our introduction with Tom Jones. And uh, what do you think of that, Stanford? Oh, I love it. You know, <laughs> I, I think, I, I mean, I love how the movie starts. And, and I, I, you know, I love the music. And I think we got, a, again, thankfully, at least we got, I think, a really great 
song from Sting. Wonderful instrumentation throughout the whole thing, if I'm saying that word right. Um, mm-hmm. And and just so funny. I mean, uh, by the time they get to the scene where they're all, where they're doing the river dance, you know that line dancing thing—that's yeah. what I knew. I think I just knew instantly. I knew I'm going to love this movie. I mean, this is just so funny. So and and also uh, so visually striking too. I mean, instantly, you know, you can you, you can tell you're watching a different style of animated film. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I I was just so happy to see something so different. You know, and it almost kind of shocking, like it was a Disney film. Yeah, it does have a bit of a Warner Brothers feel to it. Uh, oh, yeah. In the um, instantly, yeah. Too, you know, I mean, it's not like it. You know, it slowly reveals itself. You're just thrown into it in the first frame. I think. Yeah. What do you think of this intro, Jennifer? I, I mean, I, there's nothing about this film I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be probably yeah. like the worst, the worst reviewer of this movie because I just feel like I love it. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> um, I, it's just it's interesting. the The design is so cool. Like y'all said, it's different. Um, he's so unlikable, and that's so almost charming. <laughs> it doesn't make exactly. Well, you should you you know you want to like your protagonist. Yeah. He's the worst, yeah. and somehow it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because in his in his ranking, Sean said that was oh, a yeah. struggle for him. Was he's just how fan. unlikable. Yeah, was. which I totally understand, but sure. yeah. the, the humor that's just woven throughout this whole thing is so brilliant, mm-hmm. and it's that they're not making him out to be better than he is. They're showing him exactly as he is, and you don't have to like him, but you can definitely think he's hilarious. And I was in in my reading, I was uh, I read something about David Spade kind of at the very beginning, like what kind of a vibe are you looking for? What kind of a voice? And they said something like, oh, just do your normal, nasally obnoxious voice. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that hurts my soul. I mean, I'm sure David Spade doesn't care because he seems to have a pretty thick skin. But I just think I would die a little on the inside. <laughs> like, do your normal, nasally obnoxious thing. Just go for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think, first of all, they show him being humbled at the beginning. You yeah. see him yeah. at the low point right it is so, you absolute know, low point. and so there's going to be an arc and it's kind of i don't know like many you know many fables where this the 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 hero starts out kind of arrogant and gets humbled by the end and learns his lesson uh and so i don't have a problem with it personally because again you have an arc character arc he grows and changes and redeems himself i think by the all end about the character arc yeah yeah all about the character arc it's like people it's, claim it's just so funny even before that <laughs> yeah it's like people who complain about luke skywalker being annoying at the beginning i'm like oh. character arcs people <laughs> what is it i need another power converter <laughs> yeah. we say that all the time around the house we just yeah. randomly it's whine it <laughs> <laughs> i do think that now Nowadays, you would have, uh, since the movie is set in Peru, you would have Latinx voice actors mm-hmm. voicing the characters. Right. That, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was That's one of the different. things that Sting said at the end of the documentary that I thought was, was or towards the end of the documentary that I thought was most interesting, um, was 
very much a commentary on on Disney's practices. And like he was really excited that they were taking other world cultures and bringing them in. But he felt like, and I wish I could remember exactly what he said, but he felt like they they brought in the world cultures, mashed it all together, and out came a hamburger. (laughs) And that's he said that's not what I wanted to be a part of. That's not what I don't think that's what they wanted to do. It's just that machine kind of is Mm -hmm. set and doing that. So I think you're right. I think if it was made today, there'd be a lot more authentic components to it. Yeah, I mean, um, if you look at something like Raya in The Last Dragon, all oh, the yeah. voice actors are all Southeast Asian uh, descent, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's good, and you know, shows growth, and but yeah, and I, even Mo- and even Moana, you know, I right. think uh, as well as they worked so close, Disney worked so closely with cultural representatives, and you know, yep. and all, uh, other. Uh, consultants that they were working I think closely with mm-hmm. on it with a real sensitivity I think which which yeah was not was not was not in practice yeah they're uh, keeping yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda very busy <laughs> yes <days>. exactly <laughs> and then he sleeps in pajamas made out of money it's like I'm, I was like, there's got to be other Latin Latino uh composers who were like come to me please yeah <laughs> oh, don't only use Lin- but but yeah so it starts out with pacha coming and trying to talk to cusco he's been requested there because cusco wants to know the best lighting for his summer house cuscatopia he's like that's the only reason you called me all the way here and uh, he says how can you make me and my family and all the area all have to leave just for your house and he's upset and so that's the beginning and that's where you get kind of the unlikable Cusco mm. uh, but then you also have Yzma <laughs> and she's plotting <laughs> to take the throne ah. by poisoning uh, Cusco and I love Yzma I think she is so hilarious and she says that that then Kronk and he says that is living proof dinosaurs once run the earth. <laughs> she is one of the most spectacular characters ever oh, to exist. Absolutely. And you know, I, I'm not trying to defend not being culturally sensitive, uh, you know. Yeah. Definitely, but I mean, that's what makes this movie so funny is this cast is so great. You know, David mm-hmm. Spade, even just being himself, he's just he's just being his, his regular yeah, name. His regu- <laughs> <laughs> That's what's funny about him, yeah. you know? Well, and, and I, and, uh, I was going to ask you, I don't know what it's called. It's not really a mockumentary, but they've got that weird thing going on in this movie where, like, Yzma's talking and it, it zones her out and then you're inside Cusco's head. And like, how long has oh, yeah. she been talking? How long has that been there? And he's like zooming in on all her wrinkles yeah. and the food in her and teeth and the stuff in her yeah. teeth. And- Such a refreshing, bizarre <laughs> perspective to, to watch a movie. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. Cusco is the, is the narrator, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, and and then we get all that hilarious, you know, when he goes into that whiteboard thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. And it's just anyway. Yeah, uh, and Kronk with the angel and the devil is oh absolutely hilarious. I mean, perfectly Kronk. cast. Perfectly cast. 
Every everyone is perfectly cast. Yeah, they you. are. They're they're perfect, and yeah. And I feel like Patrick Warburton. I don't. He must have done uh, some other stuff before this, but I feel like this was where he really became a voice actor legend. Yeah, he was in Seinfeld. And yeah, see, that's where I knew him from, was Seinfeld. Yeah, while they were talking about the character, someone said, oh, this is him. And they're like, it's who? Well, you know, the guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> and that's that's how they brought him in. And even yeah. that, though, he took to such a totally But yeah, for level. voice acting, I mean, now he's like one of the greats, mm. I think, so as, as a voice actor. He's so funny. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and Eartha Kitt as Isma. Oh, legend. Eartha Kitt. She just delivers, you know. <laughs> oh, she's funny. And Have you watched any of the the footage of her making the movie, like her doing the voice yeah. acting? Like she's yes. she, it's ridiculous. There is so much character in that one human it, being. Oh, yeah. I know, right? So expressive. So funny. And in the opening scenes, it has one of my favorite jokes of all of Disney. Maybe my favorite. I just think it's so funny. It's when she says, wrong lover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we even love that lover? <laughs> <laughs> when they're going to the secret lab. Yeah. <laughs> wrong lover. <laughs> I love that joke. I, I that do too. So funny. My favorite cool. is the, the flea series. Like she's like, um, I'll turn him into a flea, a harmless little flea, and then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. <laughs> and when it gets there, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer. And it's the best. It's like this whole movie is like that. Like I could just keep going. It's just oh, every scene, and I go, oh no, wait, that's my favorite. Oh no, 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 no. The next one. Like, I'm no, with no, you. No, 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 Next part's my favorite. I love it all. Me too. I'm with you, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah with the rewatch, too. It was like, oh, yeah, I love this so much. And then, oh, yeah. The next thing comes up that I love. Like, oh, yeah. I love, this I love uh. when, uh, after he gets turned into a llama, and there's the whole thing with the demon llama. I also love, I'm, I'm not sure how you pronounce your. Ch- Ch- Chicha, uh, Pacha's wife. Yeah, I, lo- I kind of love the fact that she's pregnant and awesome. Hilarious. Yeah, Wendy Malik, right? Is mm-hmm. that what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, she's good. I can't think of any other children's movie that has such a like kick butt awesome <laughs> pregnant woman and so realistic. Like she just doesn't yeah. take any crap. She doesn't like you can't pull anything over on her. Yeah. She just- She's totally aware of everything going on. Uh huh. <laughs> like very warm and caring and nurturing, but also like you're not pulling the wool over my eyes. <laughs> right. It's yeah. just like you don't mess with this mom, yeah. you know. And yeah. and uh, such is such a great character, and again, just another great voice and vocal performance. I think. Mm-hmm. And John too. Goodman. I don't think we've mentioned him officially. He's amazing right. and he such is, a great right? loyal to David Spade. Yeah. Oh, they're perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. an underrated voice actor because he does a great job in this and he does a great job in the Monsters Incorporated and uh, Sully and he so he does a good job as voice actor. I think. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. He's great. And uh, it's nice that this is just a straight friendship movie. There's no uh-huh. romance, I mean aside from him being married, but no real like romance. It's just a story it's about this friendship. Buddy movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buddy movie, yeah. 
which I like. And so they strike this kind of unlikely alliance uh, to have to work together to get back. I pulled this. I, like. I pulled this one thing from one of the things I'd been reading about the whole debacle of making this movie, and I, I just thought it was so funny. So, so by 1999, the epic Incan mythological adventure romance musical about a llama herder and a prince changing places while a megalomaniac. I can't even say this word. Megalomaniac. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. A crazy. A crazy. Thank you, but but. Megalomaniacal. I can't, that's why I can't say it because there's the end, the maniacal. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> Priestess attempts to plunge the world into darkness had become a goofy, irreverent buddy comedy being written by probably the funniest writer's room you could possibly have. And I, I thought that was such a great summary of <laughs> That sums it all up, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? The whole yeah. progress of this started as a romance uh, musical yeah. <laughs> like, right. with a llama and <laughs> And the, then with the priest, yeah. it just changed. It changed the right components, I think, mm-hmm. and it turned I think into so. such a great, great film. And I'm sorry to sting, but it's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we also have to remember they say at the beginning that Cusco's is barely 18, so he's young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you could forgive some degree of unlikability because teenagers. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's I, a tough time. Has Owen Wilson ever talked about this? Do you Owen know? Owen Wilson? Yeah, he uh, was supposed to be the he was supposed to be Pacha at the beginning. Yeah, he was he the Pacha. He? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, they were going to be the prince and the pauper, and he was going to be basically the lookalike to Cusco, but Cusco's name was different, and so they were going to switch places. And, oh. and all, it was very complicated. And it was always David Spade, wasn't it? Yeah, always. Yeah, it was always David Spade. And then it was supposed to be him and Owen Wilson. And then Owen Wilson was unceremoniously <laughs> just cut out. Yeah. They they made it up to him being with in. Cars. Yeah, with, oh, with cars. Yeah, like, the whole franchise. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. true. But, uh, yeah, and then you have that. I haven't heard anything about that, you know. Yeah. yeah. You have that scene with the with the squirrel, the cute little squirrel with the pen. Oh, my, oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Uh, that is <laughs> my favorite yeah <laughs> i think it's one of the many <laughs> right it's so good and they have this whole sequence which is very kind of warner brothers and feel looney tunes and feel where they get stuck on this tree and it and it, get, it keeps falling and falling and falling and falling and just that whole sequence is i thought really well done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have it ends in with pa- pacha giving Cusco CPR and says, it's not a kiss. <laughs> so gross. Uh, that's so well done. It's so funny. Yeah. So then Yzma is taking over ruling the kingdom. And I just love the joke that, that, you know, that if he comes back, that would be awkward, especially after that lovely eulogy. <laughs> well and you know and speaking of animation again i know i alluded to this earlier but the uh i mean i love i love all of the animation i think particularly though i'm fascinated by the way they animate the palace just with those big you know those gigantic rooms and those you know like that chair you know the throne that's like three stories (laughs) on this three-story platform or something and and then all the cool backgrounds and when yzma takes over how they are like stenciling 
her you know iconography all over the place anyway that's yeah. another one of the things i think is so great i love when she's ruling she's presiding over it and the person's coming up and she's like it's no concern of mine whether or not your family has what was it again it's like uh food food <laughs> <laughs> you really should have thought of that before you became peasants yes and- she delivers it so well. It's so funny and so tragic at the same time. It's just brilliantly done. I just yeah. I oh, yeah. love that. It's so I do too. Uh, food. <laughs> it just makes me realize how much I miss villains. Mm. Well, and Real voice villains. acting in general. I think Rachel, you and I have talked about that before. Yeah. Watching like Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and all those older movies with just the official voice actors that weren't talent. Before they were voice actors, they were just voice actors. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a different quality. And I think that's one of the things that comes really in strong in this movie. Yeah. um, Is that the voice acting is just spotless. So good. Yeah, I mean, in Eartha Kitt, she's a legend. I mean, she's a catwoman. And so she had that, just that whole feel of, of a villain character, I think, really well done. Yeah. I would like to do it, see a documentary about just a day in the life of Eartha Kitt. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Friend. That would be good. I mean, <laughs> what an interesting, so yeah, person. Yeah, she's even on a couple episodes of The Nanny. <laughs> oh, and Adam West was in it originally. Side note: Did you oh, know she, that? Oh, he was. Yes, he was like a villager in one of the earlier things, and he had some hilarious line that I won't even try to tell you now because I'll botch it. But he was in it, and I was sad that he was gone as well, even though I never saw yeah. it. <laughs> don't really have a strong sentimentality it's just adam west how can you fight <laughs> adam west we have eartha kit and adam west don't yeah. mess with it. leave it alone seriously <laughs> wow so Cusco leaves pacha on the rope bridge and he says it was all a lie <laughs> and and he says we shook hands on it so there's this sort of theme of what does a handshake mean if you don't have any hands. <laughs> and then that's when they get stuck in the in the crevice together yeah. and they have to walk up the crevice together yeah. and work together. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good sequence. Uh, that's an outstanding sequence. <laughs> and uh, so clever. Yeah. You know? so funny. Who thought, who thought that one up? You know, <laughs> and then the next parts have some just Kronk is just so funny. The the exotic bird bingo. <laughs> I love that joke. Oh, we missed his theme song. His theme uh. song was so brilliant. And they they have the the Kronk Junior Chipmunk. Yes, <laughs> first in all woodland creatures. <laughs> and then i just absolutely love this whole diner sequence i think it is so well done it really is so well orchestrated and the timing of the menus coming up and down so that they don't see each other oh my stars going around that that door yeah they're all going in barking orders at the chef (laughs) and krog saying i know you from somewhere i know you from somewhere miss narca's interpretive dance two semesters i had weak ankles (laughs) of course he did (laughs) and then he starts cooking and you get yeah. all the uh, diner talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, uh... my stars. <laughs> and 
And of course he knew all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was part of the junior woodchuck stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he finds out it's Yzma's ver- birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, and a wholesome character. Like to be a, like a henchman, essentially. He's just so charming. Yeah. <laughs> he is probably my favorite character he's one of the best side characters i think ever in disney he's oh, so funny absolutely i mean you know everything from the spinach puffs i mean now <laughs> yeah. to you know and, and everything yeah the whole thing <laughs> Kronk, yeah. so, it. i mean i'm trying to think of any that even comes close like villain side characters and i mean i'm sure they're i guess you have the hyenas maybe and Lion King. I don't know. I mean, I can't even. I guess LeFou. There's a few that are fun, but I can't think of any that are as good as Kronk. I think this is probably unique to this movie as well because it's almost 50 50 split between the villains and the protagonists. Like it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's true. It's there. The weight of the the movie is carried pretty equally between those two. And it's just kind of a back and forth until they're finally brought together. Um, And that's that's pretty unusual. Mm hmm. I guess like Smee maybe and Peter Pan. I'm just trying to think of other <laughs> yeah, villains. Exactly. Uh, but this is where Cusco hears uh, Yzma and Kronk talking about killing him. And he realizes that uh, he doesn't have as many friends as he thought he had. And so he's left alone in the rain. So this is mm. where we had flashbacked earlier. Yeah, that's where we had met him in the first of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then his narration argues with himself which i thought was so funny and clever. i like that too yes the the bad kuzco is trying to you know basically this is this is unfair i'm being treated unfairly and then real kuzco's like they saw what happened like just just cut it out Mm -hmm. which i thought was so such an interesting way to kind of close that loop yes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i think so too kind of that transition into the third act uh where that, that uh really unique yeah well and that's where we start to see the real like character growth Mm because now he's been humbled and uh, he he finds uh pacha back uh with the llamas and pacha's he's a lousy llama (laughs) don't you love i mean i love how forgiving pacha is yeah i just you know that just shows and, and and again how expertly that's done just through you know through the dialogue and the great animation uh as I, uh, uh, that scene just yeah. s- again solidifies it's kind of like the the tender moment but that doesn't overstay its welcome you know doesn't yeah. he say something like Cusco asks him why would you take me when I've already betrayed you or whatever and he said maybe you'll change your mind on the way like yeah, like, yeah. and so he hands on it and wholesome and just hopeful mm-hmm. I don't know he's just yeah. a solid, solid I, character I also do love when Kronk and Yzma are at uh, Pacha's house. Oh my gosh! I was <laughs> just going to bring that up, Rach, <laughs> because that Gold. that whole scene is so brilliant. And don't you love? I mean, I just love how everybody takes them down, takes the, down East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the little kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> are just so so gleeful about it all. Oh, I yeah. love it. I like the little girl with those pigtails. So the they have them. It's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Those kids are those kids are adorable. Yeah, they were they were great. The wiggly tooth. Yeah, and I yeah. I can't find it right this second, but there was I think there was a crossover with ESPN 
and the double dutch championships or something and so they asked them if they could put that into the movie and they're like sure like of course we can and then they're like how are we going to get that into the movie and they're like have you seen this movie like we can do anything we want with this movie anything will fly i thought that was hilarious i've never heard like hey we're doing an espn crossover with world jump roping championship (laughs) oh yeah okay yeah that's, oh, sorry. Uh, That's where I was uh, going. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that with this <laughs> jump rope. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, then you have this whole sequence with, when they arrive and there's the vials that are uh, getting bumped all around and moving all around and everybody's changing. And I love when she gets turned into a cat. <laughs> She does that wicked laugh, and it's yeah. so funny. I've always, I've always, <laughs> you know, that kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Sorcerer in the Stone when they're doing that uh-huh. wizard battle and they're just yes. changing oh, shapes yeah. left and right, and it's got that kind of iconic feel to it where they're just yeah. <laughs> you're drinking this. <laughs> and then this one just says mayhem, yeah. too, you know, which I. I love the yeah. shot where they zoom in and it looks like he's a big bird and then they zoom out and he's this teeny tiny bird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Useless. Well, my favorite well, I look is when she's a rate, sorry. No, yeah. just my oh. favorite is that. My voice. Hands, hands <laughs> my voice. Yeah. I just I love, love that. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> and how you think she's going to be just this giant. Like she's turning into like Maleficent's dragon yep. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's, cool. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of similar to the wizard's duel in Sword yeah. of Stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Which is the best part, probably, of that movie. Yeah. But it's oh, it's sure. really fun in the music and just everything. It's a, a very enjoyable kind of slapsticky sequ- sequence. And well, and I love the build up to it. Sorry, just to jump back a little bit. You know no. where they've got the uh, the map. I'm so glad you said that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know the, the really delightful score that John Dabney wrote for that, and then just just I mean that whole thing. Yeah, and there's I, that I dialogue so that just seals the deal, and it's like, how did we get here before you? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> yeah, he, he pulls the man down. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a classroom. Or something. Oh my yeah. goodness, that was brilliant. Oh, so funny, so funny. <laughs> yeah, I really like it too. And then Cusco decides to build his Cuscotopia somewhere else. Mm. And he says, ain't got nothing if you don't have friends. And then it ends with Kronk teaching Squirrel to the chipmunks. Oh. <laughs> Squeakity squeak, squeak him. He's oh, my remains in kitten form. He's a still a kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so great. Well, we have some great comments from our Twitter. Uh, so let me read them. Matthew Klein, he says, I believe Atlantis, Lilo, and Stitch, Treasure Planet, or even Dinosaur were superior to New Groove in terms of story, better developed characters, etc. Still, there's no denying that New Groove is funny, quotable, and has likable characters, protagonists, and villains alike. So that's interesting. Richard Southworth, he says, standard Disney fair, good fun. The villains are the highlight. Uh, TV Travis says fantastic it's fun well paced great voice work the original concept sounded interesting 
But I really like the final results. One of my personal favorite Disney films. It's just fun. Cameron Ward says, love this movie. And while I would have loved to have seen the original concept, this is Disney's funniest movie. Uh, At least I have to thank them and others like them because they're the <laughs> ones that sent me into the rabbit hole. I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <it> to Google. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nostalgia cast is the Walt Disney equivalent of a Looney Tunes cartoon full of laugh out loud, irreverent humor, but almost none of the visual splendor we associate with the rest of the Renaissance. Uh, so this would be solidly post Renaissance, I think, but. Uh, Zach Hug says an easy favorite. You can sort of tell the whole process of making it was a mess and they had to keep starting over, but then they figured it out and stuck the landing plus Eartha kit in multiple quote worthy gags over and over again. Uh, Josh Turnbell says it's one of my favorites. I appreciate it more seeing it seen as an adult than I did watching on VHS when I was 14. And Jacob Martin says, one of my childhood favorites and a contender for one of the funniest animated Disney movies. Yzma and Kronk especially steal the show. Uh, so there we go. That is some of our Twitter comments. And <laughs> make sure you're following us at Disney Talking uh, so that you can participate in our Twitter chats and other fun stuff we have going on. Uh, so yeah this one's really fun in my last ranking i had it at 25 and i had bigger six at 26 and i had bambi at 24 so <laughs> that's one of the hard things about ranking the disney canon it's is so because hard. i mean how can you compare bambi so and emperor's new groove they're totally yeah. different <laughs> i have it at 28 okay so pretty close and and it was hard just because you know i i, I love it so much and it, and I think being that being at that point, it sounds like I don't love it, but I do. You know, yeah. I am. I think yeah. that's obvious. I don't think you need to defend <laughs> anyone who's listened this long knows. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun once we once we are finished and we do. I mean, I'm at least going to do a whole nother ranking. We'll do another ranking. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be quite a. Uh, it'll be switched around because it's really hard. Really, my top thirty. I kind of like about all the same but for different reasons and so uh you know how do you decide <laughs> it's hard but yeah. uh but anyway that's what was my last one and uh for our next episode we of uh, the random number generator gave us alice in wonderland we are going to be talking about that film uh so that's going to be a lot of fun the original disney animated classic of course from i think 1951 uh, so, yeah. yeah. I was holding out for uh, Chicken Little. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll call you. Yes. <laughs> I just thought that'd be so poetic for you to be yeah. like, it hasn't given it to us yet. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be coming soon. It has to eventually. <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm not going to allow it to be the last episode because that would just be depressing. downer. <laughs> but, but thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming know, Jennifer, and doing thank this. Thank you. This was thank really y'all fun. Thank for having me. It was way too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Stanford, how can people find you? Uh, on Twitter. I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. And Jennifer, you want to share your Twitter or your social media? Sure. I'm yeah. uh, on Twitter at PB and Jedi, and uh, I 
frequently post alongside with Sean. I don't do any of the official channel stuff usually, but uh, he's Kirk never done. Great. So you can normally find me there or <laughs> at mine. Yeah, and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Please check that out. And uh, again, make sure you're following Disney Talking on Twitter. And also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel, to Rachel's Reviews. We really appreciate that as well. And we also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun. And you get tons of opportunities. And we just had Lacey Chabert on our live watch along, which was pretty epic. No way. Yes. So... Only $2 a month to join. You can't go wrong. It's really fun. Please, please take a look. And then we also have our merch store, which has tons of fun designs. A lot of them with original characters designed by artists like Jessica Miller. And uh, so it's pretty fun. Uh, Please check it out at the information all in the description. So thanks again, Jennifer. And we will be ready for Alice in Wonderland next month. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.